A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired tonight, I'll fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon a day early or on the main feed the following day. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, it's almost the weekend, how are you? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, how's it going for you? Yeah, can't, can't complain, you know, there's always always stuff going on in wrestling. Um, we kind of got a quiet-ish few days before a, a, another busy weekend of wrestling that comes up, but... Um, I guess the big the big news was uh, people were very interested to see what the collision rating was going to be from the inaugural episode from Saturday, June seventeenth, and the rating is in uh, eight hundred sixteen thousand viewers is the number um, third in the time slot for the night. What do you think of that as a number? Is is it lower than you expected? Higher? What did you think? I, I I mean I have I didn't really know what to think. I mean um, in terms of predictions. I mean what is very telling if you, is if you look at the numbers for both network and cable, and obviously collisions on cable is how few people watch TV in America on Saturday nights. Yeah. I mean it's just it's like a bit of a wasteland, really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, like the top. I think the number one show. Well, the number one show was College World Series. Which drew uh, 1.608 million viewers. So, I mean, it's not a very big night for TV. And if you look at network, I think like, I think the biggest number was 4.687 million viewers for something on ABC. So it's, I think it's a tough night to draw big numbers. 
which I think in some ways is going to he- is going to help AEW because you've got to. I mean, maybe this week's collision number will hold up because it's the night before Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. and there might be more interest in a go home episode of the program and it's still early days as well of course yeah let's say once we're like four five six weeks in if the numbers are down to like 650 maybe you know that'll be good enough maybe they'll just say well you know what that's not a bad number for saturday night which i think does help aew because there's not that enormous pressure to deliver like a million uh, viewers each Saturday night. That's my view on it. So, um, yeah, it's. I think it's. I know there's always a lot of competition with sports, or there is at certain times of the year. Um, but I think that'll be um, that'll be you know priced in. That'll be baked yeah. in, and they'll obviously know about that, and they'll be expecting the numbers to fluctuate accordingly. So, yeah, eight sixteen. It's. I mean, what's the view? You know, of of the consensus here on this is this a good number, a bad number? I I, I think it's probably an okay number. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the general consensus is it's a good number in the sense of it's higher than some dynamites have done in the last few months. It's well, kind well, of, not many, but you know, yeah. it, it, if dynamite kind of does between eight hundred and nine hundred thousand as its average, and and you know, this has done eight sixteen a Saturday is not bad. Um, I mean, I, what I thought was an interesting comparison was the first Rampage back in 2021, August 2021, did 749,000 viewers. So it's done more than that. And like you say, I think because it's on a Saturday and because there's not an expectation for it to get a million viewers in it, because there's going to be competition all the time, whether it's WWE pay-per-views, UFC pay-per-views, uh, college Basketball was it? College World Series, whatever it was. That you yeah, well, there's loads of sports on Saturday night, isn't there? Loads. Yeah. So I mean, oh. you know, I assume Warner are just paying it because they're like, if we can get, you know, six hundred and fifty thousand viewers on a Saturday night for a show, that's great for us. So, and I think the thing, the the, the thing that I think is more likely to help them this time than Rampage is because Rampage, as we know and we've discussed so many times, became a kind of, you know. I mean, I don't know what the opposite of must see is. Missless, miss, missable, missable, missable show within like week four. Whereas this time it's, you know, Punk is primarily for the most part going to be on collision, as are a lot of other people. So hopefully there's more of a reason for people to to tune in and see what happens. So, Well, I mean, AEW has got to give people a reason, hasn't it? So it's not hope, is it? It's like... AEW needs to make this must-see. He needs to give people a reason. And I'm sure there'll be a reason this Saturday, but will there be a reason on week three, four, five, six when novelty has worn off and people are then, you know, accustomed to it's like, you know, it's a big ask. I mean, AEW is, is, I mean, it's a lot of your week that's been now devoted to AEW. When you think about it, if you got, okay, lots of AEW viewers give Rampage a miss for obvious reasons. I mean, I watch it, but I mean, I can understand why a lot of people don't. Um, I mean, you've got two hours of Dynamite, two hours of Collision. You're going to have three hours plus, probably four hours of Forbidden Door this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it is a lot of product that they're putting out, isn't it, each week? And you can reach that point of oversaturation, especially, yeah. if, the pro- especially if it's not all... Must see. 
What I thought was interesting last night, because I thought they did a pretty good job last night of kind of building stuff for Collision this Saturday with the eight-man tag and various matches and the announcement of who Sting and Darby's partner is going to be. But the thing I was really surprised at is they, they kind of went full pelt to try and promote Rampage as well. You know, MJF will be his first appearance ever on Rampage. Osprey's wrestling the tag match. So there's a bunch of stuff on that. I mean, Collision's got a Tanahashi match on on Saturday. I think he's wrestling Swerve Strickland, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it's Swerve Strickland. So, um, but I mean, you're not going to be able to do that every week. You're not going to be every week be able to promote the both shows like that. And you know, really, Collision is the show that you want to be pushing. You know, because that's the the, the big one. But um, yeah. So that that is the that is the first rating. We'll see what the the next one is. Um, I did want to bring up uh, the match from Tuesday night from NXT: Seth Rollins and Braun Breaker. Uh, they went like 17 minutes. I know we discussed on the podcast about how would Finn Balor interfere and sort of cost the match or would he not? But he did get involved after the match. Uh, Seth won the match. What did you make of the match itself? Yeah, I thought I thought it was really well done. Um, I mean, Rollins had suffered the storyline rib injury or ribs injury as a result of the attack by Finn Balor on Raw. So that was a factor in the match, obviously. You know, Breaker, when he hit the big spear, you know, that looked like it might be, he might score the upset, might become world champion. People were willing to believe for a few seconds that the title could possibly change hands. Of course, it didn't. I think Rollins put in a hell of a performance, even did a splash from the top rope onto Breaker, who was lying on the announce table, and the announce table collapsed. So that was a big spot in the match. And then Rollins sold the ribs afterwards. You know, I thought Breaker you know, really showed that he's ready for the main roster. He's been ready for the main roster now for, I think, for a few months. Um, I think this heel character will serve him well. I mean, when he was a face, he was he was somebody who who some of the fans didn't like because he just came across a bit heelish. And now he's got carte blanche to just ramp that up and just run with it and just be obnoxious and unpleasant. Um, you know, an offensive to the audience and to his opponents. So I think it's really come together very well for Braun Breaker. Um, I'm curious to see when they call him up because it feels to me like there's nothing left for him now in AEW. Maybe you can have, maybe there's a couple more matches, but he's obviously peaked and he's just really waiting for the call now. I think, you know, had had they had big plans for him still on AEW, I think it would have been a DQ finish. Because he was the right well, we can't job Breaker out here. We can't beat Jake Breaker here, even to Seth Rollins. We have him lose to Seth Rollins because we've got all these things that we want him to do still. So I think that was very much confirmation that his time in NXT is coming to a close. Yeah, I mean it's funny because I've always, I, I don't watch a lot of NXT, so it's this was the first time I'd watched Breaker in a while, and. I mean, he's he's come on so much more, even than like when he did that match in Dallas with Dolph Ziggler um, the night after WrestleMania last year. He just he feels way that he's come on so much from that. Never mind what he was, what, how good he was then for something new. And yeah, he just everything he does seems to be crisp. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's 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 confident. And uh, yeah, I think he, I thought he, he he hung he hung with Seth Rollins. He did well, and. Um, yeah, I think they should get him up soon. I think you, you don't want the Bailey situation to sink in, where Bailey was kind of left for almost a year after the rest of the four horsewomen. 
um, when they were all called up and she was just kind of still around. So I'm hoping that he maybe gets called up right after SummerSlam. Um, yeah. I, yeah, hoping... yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a very refined performer now. There's a lot of finesse there. He knows what to do, when to do it. He knows where to be, where he knows where not to be. He knows what to do. Um, and he, and more importantly, he knows what not to do in his matches. So he's fine-tuned his act. He knows exactly what he's doing out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he's ready to go. So I would think, yeah, post-SummerSlam, Raw or, or SmackDown, doesn't matter which, I think he's going to do well wherever he goes. Um, yeah, so very, very good night for, for him and for Seth. So and, and it was nice to see Balor there as well to kind of play into that story. Um, so there was some reports on, obviously, CM Punk's... Uh, promo from last week and his interview with uh, Sports Illustrated, which I know you've covered in, in the new What Else Is Going Down. Which ESPN, can... ESPN. ESPN, sorry, ESPN. Um, that he spoke to before his return. Um, you spoke about What Else Is Going Down that people can read on Patreon. But um, there's a report come out that's basically said that part of the, the issue is that basically he's not allowed legally to say anything about the Young Bucks. And People in the Young Bucks camp um, think that, uh, you know, because he can't say anything about the Bucks, but he can say something about Paige, that that's why he chose to kind of go for him a little bit. And um, the, I think Dave Meltzer, who is pals of the Young Bucks, had said even if privately he believed he believed all the stuff, um, this wasn't the time to do it, and Paige is not someone that's going to answer back so he becomes the bad guy. There was a feeling that he went after Paige because he's friends with the Young Bucks, and he signed a thing where he couldn't go after the Bucks. I mean, did you get that impression when you read it, that that was, what he, that, that was the motive behind it, or did you get a, the impression that he was you know, not going to back down from answering a question? How did, how did you take the way he kind of had words for Adam Page? What, you mean the quote in the interview in which he described how their relationship deteriorated, disintegrated, and they had the big falling out? Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, he was asked a straight question about it, and he gave what I think was a straight answer to the question about why he'd fallen out with with Hangman Adam Page and how it had all gone wrong. Um, So, you know, Page had come out and said, you know, I'm defending, not only defending the world title against you, I'm defending AEW against you. That was the line, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, and Punk wasn't happy about it. He felt like he crossed the line and gone into business for himself. And according to Punk in the ESPN interview that was published the day before a collision, he said that he, that he did speak to Paige about it backstage and he did try to... Um, sort it out there and then before it escalated. I think that was the impression that he gave in the interview. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what I took from and, it. And um, and Page, it it didn't work. And um, he claimed that Page stiffed him, like potatoed him with a chop um, to the face and chipped his tooth. Um, I think Page said that he didn't uh, retaliate to that with a potato in return. Um, but felt, you know, aggrieved by it, felt like Paige was perhaps taking liberties. Um, I mean, I'm sure in wrestling, obviously, occasionally stiff shots are thrown accidentally. Sometimes they're thrown deliberately. And, you know, who 
knows what a person's motivation is. Only the person who actually threw the blow knows their motivation. And they're probably not going to tell the truth um, mm-hmm. while they're both still working for the same company. Um, because it you know, looks unprofessional if you say, yeah, I stiffed him. Um, so I don't really feel like Punk was out of order with what he said in that interview with ESPN. I think those were his true feelings. And he explained why it had all unraveled. And, you know, that was the beginning of the problems, wasn't it? That incident, you know, the blow up with Paige was that then led to the um, the fiasco in September. And um, that was the start of it. But I yeah. mean, as we, we said many times last year, this should have been Tony Khan should have got involved. You know, he should or some one of the one of the agents or producers should have got involved. This shouldn't have been just left to Punk and Page to um, sort it out. There should have been management intervention to make sure that this did not, you know, escalate into the crisis that it did. That resulted in Page leaving the uh, resulted in Punk leaving the company for for nine months and the elite having a little holiday and the mm-hmm. rest of it. So. Um, I think what Punk said was fair. I mean, I I can't argue. I mean, it's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, what you'd have to then... Page would then have to go on the record, wouldn't it? He would have to do an interview to explain his side of the story. Now, we know that Page said those words on Dynamite last year. We can go back and listen to them. And that, to me, was the first sign that there was a problem. And he was the one who officially did start this by going into his business for himself first. And then Punk responded um, because he felt that, you know, his pride had been dented and he felt like he needed to say something in return. And we talked about this last year, Kenny. There should have been Tony Khan, if he was any sort of leader, he would have quashed this. He would have squashed this straight away, got him in a room and sorted it out, and he didn't. Well, let me me ask you this, because obviously something that's interesting that not a lot of people talk about is that Hangman Adam Page has not done any media for AEW since last August, I think it was, or, or since All Out. There's no interviews with him. He doesn't do anything. Do you think, does that does that help him? Does that hurt him? Do you think it's smart for him to kind of, for him and AEW to go, right, let's not have Paige? Because you know if he speaks to someone, they're going to ask him about it. That's, right. you know, you, if, you're, if you're worth your salt as an interviewer, when you speak to Adam Page, you have to bring it up. There's just no way around it. So, but do you think it helps or hurts him that Page chooses not to comment about it? Um, well, so long as this thing lingers and festers, then I don't think it really helps him at all. I mean, we've learned from the ESPN, ESPN interview that Punk is not going to wrestle the elite. He has said that he's willing to have that match with any of them, and have a conference with them, summit with them and sit down and, you know, to just thrash their problems out. He said this publicly and he's been told through intermediaries that they are not willing to do the same. So they don't don't want to meet with him and they don't want to wrestle him. And presumably Paige feels the same way. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Um, But the problem with this is it's going to keep coming up again and again until it's dealt with. And this is why the boss, Tony Khan, if he's any sort of leader, needs to sort this out this week. He just needs to say to him, we are doing this. We're having this conversation. We are we are burying this problem because it's just going to linger and it's just going to fester, and people are just going to be talking about it instead of talking about the things that AEW does well and talking about the shows and all the other things. And he just, I just get the sense that Punk's 
just upset about, you know, I, there's still heat there and that heat hasn't been doused. And until it is, this is just going to run and run. Well, even even the thing Punk said about, you know, I've tried to reach out to them and I'm, and whenever I do, I legally get told, don't contact this person. And it's like, because <clears throat> even last night, because Punk obviously was on Dynamite, huge reaction again in Chicago for him to set up that eight-man tag with uh, Punk, Starks and FTR against Bullet Club and the Guns. And for that to happen, Omega and the Bucks were not in the building. Omega, Bucks and Page were not there. And I mean, you can't really keep that up for too long. So had so, they, because they did a segment backstage, had that been pre-taped? That had been pre-taped, yeah. Okay. But I mean, you know, the, the, the I mean, for example, they are all going to be in the building on Sunday. Yes. Because they're all, they, you know, the Young Bucks and Page are in the 10-man tag with uh, Ishii and Kingston against Blackpool Combat Club. And Omega's got the match with Osprey. Punk's got the match with Kojima. So everybody's going to be there. So yeah, if I, I I'm I'm with you. I think as uncomfortable as it would be, I think you got to try and get even just get Paige and Punk in a room. Don't you, I'm not you don't need to get everybody in the room at the same time, but start mending some fences. Start just going yeah. look. If you guys can't work together, I'm not going to force you, but I am going to force a handshake and a and, and an agreement to be cordial, to not take any shots at each other unless we agree we're doing a program. You know, and if you want, if you want to do, a, if you want to do a shot and a promo about the other, come to me. It has to be approved by me. Yes, and um, and 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 once that happens, each time this will only be brought up a few more times because there's no juicy gossip to spread. You know, it'll be like, well, yeah, Hangman Punk, Punk, if he's asked about it, you can say, yeah, Paige and I spoke two weeks ago. We shook hands. We buried it. You know, we've agreed to move on and not to discuss it anymore. And that's my answer. And he'll be asked about that maybe a few more times. And then no one will ask him about it again because yeah. there's no juice in the story. You know, we'll keep, no like you say, we'll keep, it, you know. Yeah, but like you say, it will keep coming up and coming it up will. and coming up and coming it up. It will do. It absolutely will do. And this is, to me, it's, I just don't know why this is not happening. To me, I would not actually have that conference or sit down or a meeting on a sure day, I would have it the next day, like yeah. I'd have it the day after Forbidden Door, because you're going to be on edge. There's a lot of pressure on to perform. Your mind's going to be on your match and your performance. Have that conversation the next morning, you know, or the next afternoon. Get together somewhere where there isn't the pressure of performing that night and just sit down and sort it out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, and then last, last thing about AEW before we, before we move on, I was going to ask you, obviously, Kenta and Punk was the big rumoured match for Forbidden Door, and apparently Kenta turned it down. He did not want to work with CM Punk, so that match is off. So now Punk is on Forbidden Door. He's going to be uh, in the Owen Hart tournament, and he's going to be facing Kojima. Um, if Ke- if Kenta did turn it down, is this the right move of you know finding a way to get Punk on the pay per view in some way and having him be involved? Kojima feels like a kind of safe, you know, match for him. That's not really going to be you know the expectations aren't going to be super high. Is that is that a smart way to do it? Do you think? Um. I mean, I don't know, really. I would have saved his first singles match for something that mattered. I don't think this tournament does. Um, just feels like, wow, well, we need him on the show. It's like, well, no, you don't really, do you? You could have just done a promo or he had in a six-man or an eight-man. I mean, obviously, they're doing the eight-man on collision. Could have done that eight-man at the pay- at the pay-per-view. and have to do it on the show. Um, and it's just, we said when he was coming back, he needs to be used sparingly. and. He wrestled Saturday. Okay, he didn't wrestle last night, but he's going to wrestle this Saturday and he's going to wrestle Sunday. So he's already on quite a heavy schedule, which is the reverse of what we recommended. <laughs> um, and Kojima's, I mean, he was great in his day, like fifteen, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. He's not anymore. He's sort of a mid-level player. It just seems like a bit of a waste to me. And it seems after that, He's then, Punk's going to clash with Samoa Joe, presumably in the semi-finals. And, um, you know, I imagine that he'll then he'll then win the whole thing. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. imagine they're going to beat him. I can't imagine that Punk's not going to win this thing. I mean, so, it, it, I mean, if, 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 if he's in it, what I would do is I would have Tony Khan come out and say, you know, whoever wins the Owen Hart tournament gets a shot at the title. Yeah. Gets a shot at the world title. And then you've got Punk's story that he's got going on anyway with the bag that you can kind of add that in and go well I've got the old belt I've got the title shot MGF I'm coming for you and then you've kind of yeah. you can build that in so that's what I would do if he's going to be in it yeah I, I mean the best thing I can say about, about this tournament is that uh, Roderick Strong's involved probably lose to Samoa Joe but I mean, remember <laughs> Roderick Strong he came in wow you know great performer and they've done almost nothing with him yeah, he's uh, he's he's been yeah because I mean Adam Cole's kind of moved on to the MGF thing. Yeah, and I guess the problem is MGF's not really got, you know, if MGF had like a second that he was with, then Cole could have the second. But yeah. if, if MGF's not got one, then Cole would kind of seem a bit heelish to always have Strong with him. So then Strong's kind of the odd man out. So then he ends up out of the picture. But, yeah, absolutely in record fashion. Really, I mean. Yeah, I feel sorry for Roderick Strong. I mean, he came in. I mean, he's he's still so great. I mean, he's probably better than he's ever been. I think they could do so much with him. And sadly, they've done almost nothing with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't envision he's going to do super well in this tournament. Oh, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, let's move on from there. There was something else I was going to bring up to you. Um, so Cindy Lauper was a uh, was a get was on the bump, uh, the WWE show, uh, kind of. She was on a red carpet, and WWE the bump were there, and they basically asked her if she'd be open 
to working with WWE again. And she said, I don't know. I always had the look. You never know. I mean, surely now, Finn, for WrestleMania 40 next year, it is time to get Cindy Lauper in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why she isn't in there. I mean, there's, there's got to be something that we don't know. There's got to be a reason. I mean, they've, I mean, she said, in, I don't recall her ever saying anything bad about the company. No, she was on, she was on a, an episode of Raw in the lead up to Raw 1000 in 2012, when she came out with Wendy Richter. Yes. So she was, she made an appearance, but yeah, we've just, we've not seen her. We've not seen her do anything else. So maybe she's asking for too much money. Well, do you know what? For WrestleMania 40, just give it to her. You know, because it is, it is a glaring. You hear a lot of people say of what a glaring omission that is that she's not in there. So it is. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I remember I wrote about this in Q and A in the magazine some time back. I think it was like last year could have even been the year before. <laughs> um, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know why she's not in there. It could be financial. It could well be that. That's the only plausible explanation um, that she's asking for, you know, an exorbitant amount of money, like six figures or something absurd. And um, WWE saying we can't match that price because it sets a dangerous precedent and we'll have to pay other people that amount of money. That is the only... But there again, you know, if she was... If her asking price was so high, you know, they wouldn't have booked her for that appearance 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, and then Seamus is someone who's in the news. Uh, he was he was interviewed by, the, by Metro in the UK, and he had some things to say about uh, feeling that WWE should have done more or should be doing more to, to uh, give a push to the brawling brutes. He said, I just don't think they've really capitalised on the group. I don't think they've really let us show what we can do. This stop-start stuff is really hard when you're trying to highlight young talent. It's frustrating. So I don't know, maybe we'll get an opportunity to show what we can really do as a group because a lot of those other groups who are out there now have definitely got an opportunity that we haven't had to do some storyline stuff, some character stuff. That's kind of been a shame, to be honest, considering the talent that's in there. Is that a fair point from Seamus to bring that up with the Braun Brutes, do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I just hope he hasn't buried um, Butch with his comments, you know, because, you know, Butch being English, you'd think that he, he will have some star sequences in the Money in the Bank ladder match a week on Saturday. Um, I just hope that by association, um, Pete Dunn, Butch, is not um, clobbered for those comments. <laughs> but, I mean, I, you know, I do understand where Seamus is coming from. Rewind to September, Clash at the Castle, had one of the matches of the year against Gunter. I mean, I thought he would be the one possibly to end Gunter's reign. Obviously, that's not going to happen until after Gunter has broken the honky-tonk man's record. I mean, we're, he's over a year in now, so it's not that much longer, only a couple more months before uh, he becomes the longest reigning intercontinental champion ever. Um, but yeah, I think that's a fair point from Seamus. I mean, what I'd like to see, what I want to see is a big show in Ireland. And I think that would go down tremendously. We've got Seamus, we've got Becky Lynch, we've got Finn Balor. I mean, we've got uh, JD McDonough. Obviously, he's not a big deal, but he's from that country. And I just think that show would do so well. I mean, I can't remember the last time they ran a major show in Ireland. In fact, have they ever? 
Well, they were supposed... I mean, it's not... I don't know if it's major, but they were supposed to do that NXT TakeOver show in Dublin with Balor and Walter at the time. Walter. That is correct. But, I mean, the the pandemic put paid to that. So, I mean, I'd like to see them, you know, run a big show in Ireland. And, you know, Seamus is obviously a big part of that. And I think that would be a huge for WWE's presence in that country, huge for... Lynch, Balor, and Sheamus, and you know anyone else who was on the show. Um, but yeah, he's, he's got a fair point about the brawling boots. I think part of the problem is that Ridge Holland is not that good. He's got better, but he he's still he hasn't really progressed in a way where you feel like he could be a big star in the future. He's yeah. very much the weak link of the team, um, and. Um, I think they probably feel like he may have gone as far as he can. I guess the problem, though, is that... I guess the problem for him, though, is to Seamus's point about doing character stuff, if you do some character stuff, he could get over that way if he's if he's any good, if he's given the chance. And then that can kind of make up for some of the shortcomings that he's got. But, yeah, it's a kind of catch-22, I guess. If, if they don't think he's ready for that, so they don't want to put him in the position, but then he also doesn't get put in the position, then... You know, I don't know how you how you take them to the next level. But I think that, I think they're a, a really good faction, though. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see yeah, yeah. stuff done with them. So um, yeah, but I mean, to me, it's Ridge who needs to step up. And if Ridge yeah. steps up and really shows improvement and shows that he belongs, you know, at the top half of the card, and I don't think he does at the moment, then maybe attitudes backstage would change. I think if Butch has a really good night at Money in the Bank and receives an enormous cheer from the crowd and there's huge support for him winning the briefcase, I think that will um, go in their favour. And I think that could be something that may sway opinion and change hearts and minds backstage. So, I mean, I don't think it's all over for the uh, for the brawling brutes. And it's possible that Seamus will be the one to end Gunter's reign. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a backstory there. There's a storyline between them. We know that their matches have been really good. We know that a rematch could be potentially as good as the um, Clash of the Castle matchup. Um, you know, once Gunter's broken Honky's record, you know, at that point, I think he'll drop the belt and he'll probably move up. Um, maybe Seamus will be the one to take it from him. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you about was, it's a bit, it could be a silly one, but I'm just curious to get your thoughts. So Jake the Snake Roberts was on his podcast, The Snake Pit, recently. Uh, I heard he, about this. He wants to be a booker. He does. I know you recently spoke to him, so I thought I'd bring this up. So he was asked about if you know he'd helped book shows in WWE, Georgia, and asked if performing a role in AEW uh, was something he would want. And he said, absolutely, I would love the opportunity. Just give me 15 minutes of show. Let me put something together. I know that I can help. I'm begging for that job. Um, we know Brian Danielson is involved in creative in AEW. We know that Dax Harwood has now started to get a bit involved. Uh, do you think at this point in the game, should should Jake Roberts get a chance to be involved uh, or is he just took his own horn? Um, I mean, it wasn't it weird that when we when I did that interview with him back in was it late February? I think it was yes. um, either late February, early March. Was he hadn't been on TV for ages, and then he was on TV just before I spoke to him, and I don't think he's been on Rampage or Dynamite since. If he has, maybe once. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 not seen much of Rampage, but he's definitely not been on Dynamite at all. Yeah. 
I sort of thought it was it was excellent timing for the interview. That oh, here's Jake. Remember him? It's like oh, that was a really good first question. Oh, you've just been on TV. Uh-huh. Um, and we've seen yeah, you're right. We, I mean, even if, if he has appeared on Rampage, it's very very few times. And he's done. He seems to be doing so little there. And he's obviously hungry. Wants to do it. He's got the experience. As he said, he used to be. Yeah, he was briefly the booker in Georgia Championship Wrestling. He worked for WWF on the creative team in 96 when he returned. I mean, what have they got, got to lose? Just give him a shot for a week. You know, he might be able to do something exciting. Um, you know, there's so much TV time right now in AEW that I think there's a lot to go around. And Rampage is like the sea show now. It's the number three broadcast each week. And like, what have they got to lose? I mean, some weeks it's just matches that are okay, and sometimes the matches are actually quite good. But there's it's it's sort of bereft of, you know, creative. It's like creatively like barren some weeks. Rampage. <laughs> so why not let Jake have a go? Say right, Jake. Right, these are the people we want you to book. You just do whatever you want with them. You know, this is Rampage is yours this week, and they can What's approve that? it, of course, before it goes out. Just let him have a go. I mean, this is a very tenuous comparison to make, but I mean, I, 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 sometimes I watch the, the View, you know, that American chat show with Whoopi Goldberg and all that, and oh, they right. they would always have like a conservative voice on the panel, right? So they'd all be liberals, they'd be conservative on the panel, anyway. So <clears throat> about a year and a half ago, Megan McCain left, and they were looking for somebody else. And what they decided to do for a long time was basically have people come in and do a week, and do a week and do a week so they would just have all these different kind of rotating people coming in and they just kind of be able to see and if somebody does well they get another week and then if they do well they get another week and then eventually they found someone and they liked them with rampage it might not be the worst idea to kind of go right okay jake you can book a week here's here's a week here's the people book it if you do well we might give you another week then try somebody else and then you know get a few people in rotation and then it might be that you know jake Jake might have good ideas, but it might not be suited to Rampage. And then you might want to put him over on Collision, where it's old school type minds and stuff. And he might be more suited over there. But, you know, if you start trying with people, you can actually see what they've got to offer rather than just, you know, because you can always say, oh, I could do great at that job. But until you actually see, you know, the, the results of someone's work, you can't really say. So I think they should, yeah, use Rampage as an experiment tool, as you have said. Um, because what's the other option? You know, because most people, everybody who I knew, I know, apart from you, because obviously it's, you need to cover it for the magazine and stuff. But nobody really watches Rampage, and they, and especially now collisions around, they're not going to watch it. So, yeah, there's no there's no loss in giving it a go. So, that's um, it. you've got to give people a reason to watch. It's that simple. Exactly, exactly. Well, listen, that is all the time we've got for today. We will be back uh, next Tuesday with what's going down. We'll talk about Forbidden Door. We'll talk about Raw and SmackDown. Well, we'll talk about SmackDown, Forbidden Door. We'll try to get to Raw. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to speaking to you then. Uh, the magazine is out next Thursday, 29th of June. InsideTheRoadsMagazine.com is where you can pick it up. And yeah, Finn, we hope that people will give us a give us a try. Yeah, next Thursday it's out with uh, Seth Rollins on the cover. So um you know, you know the score. You know, we've been doing this long enough now. You know what to do. And um, yeah, 
It's a really nice cover for the next issue. Um, as always, some very interesting stuff in there, or at least we think it is. You you, you are the judge of that, the reader and the listener, of course. Um, but um, yeah, it's out next Thursday. And uh, if you don't already buy it, we hope you'll check it out. And if you do not support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. Our Inside Action 2003 review is up. I'm very proud of that one. I think it's a very good episode. Sandra's back, so we're already recording the build-up to Bad Blood. And then Finn and Sandra and I will all be getting together on Monday to record the Bad Blood 2003 review. So lots and lots of stuff coming up. So do go and check it out. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.